Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Guardian. Welcome to episode three in a series of five shows exploring the best British podcasts of the year, as selected by the judges of the British Podcast Awards 2018. I'm Rihanna Dillon, and in this episode, we have listening for all the family. Whether you're up for listening to stomach disasters or science getting dangerous, we have creative podcasts, one that you might not have heard anything like, and ones that are just really good ideas. Let's tuck in. And to start the show, here are the nominations for Most Original Podcast, supported by Audible. The first is The Poetry Exchange, which explores the idea of poems as friends. The podcast features personalities and public visitors from many walks of life to talk about poems that are friends in their lives. In this clip, actor Patterson Joseph talks to the team about 5am by Roxy Dunn, the poem that has been a friend to him. Would you mind reading it out for us, to just hear it? Yeah. 5am. It's not quite light. Am I getting old? Old people wake early. Half a croissant is on the desk, like a squashed crescent. And there's that record I bought with the Soviet rocket sleeve. Around the corner in Highbury, Keith's cat has given you fleas. Your bags are packed for Antibes. I wonder if I care about the right things, like rabbits dying slowly and Brexit. Sometimes I'm secretly unfazed. I feel selfish and middle-aged. I'd like to play this rocket record, but I don't have a record player. The band are from Leeds, is that cool? I can't work out if this is a regret or just the onset of dullness. I think I'll eat breakfast, then sleep till noon, eat the remains of last night's moon. <laughs> There's so much in there. Yeah. In what is, uh, as you say, it's kind of a, on, on the surface, it's just... It's meandering thought. Yeah. But there's loads going on in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that um, vulnerable place where you are first thing in the morning. Like, I do these morning pages. I don't know if you've ever done that. I have, yeah. From Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. Or you get up and you just write the splurge for three pages. And yeah, it's like, my eyes are crusty. I don't write properly. Oh my God, I look dyslexic. What's this horrible writing? I hope nobody ever reads this. Oh, I hope my mum's going to be okay. 
do think about dying and I do think about the fact that you're going to fall off the edge of a sort of no conveyor belt if your mum goes then you're next aren't you you know th- that kind of mundane profound mundane profound thing that happens when you do morning pages because you're in that place where you're totally open mm-hmm. to whatever might come and that's the place where you're going to get that nugget of a genius thought or clarity about what you should really be doing what you really want to do which is maybe leave that person that I don't care enough about them you realise profoundly as you see their sock hanging off the, the doorknob again that was Fiona Leslie Bennett, Michael Schaefer, Ben Hales and guest Patterson Joseph on the Poetry Exchange. Next, we have Quake, 12 short-form audio drama fragments that follow a few moments of someone caught up in an earthquake, but it isn't told in the usual way, as you'll hear. It's a production by BBC Radio Drama North. Let's listen to an extract from the episode, Trapped Man. <laughs> Pick up. Pick up. Oh, God, yes. Nabila, I can't move. I can't move. There's something falling on there. Are you there? Um, I can't see you, but uh, never mind. Did you arrive okay? How's your dad? What? No, no, no. Listen. The hotel is collapsed. The hotel is down. I am under the hotel. Uh, Hotel? Rafi, I can't hear you. Did you say hotel? Why are you Nabila, listen. You need to tell people where I am. Oh, I'm in. You, what did you say? Ruffy, I'll call you in the morning. Oh, no, 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 don't go. Don't go, go, go please. It's 4 a.m. You're drunk. I'm going. No, 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 Nabila, listen. Uh, I, I, I'm in the bar of our hotel. Uh, the, um, the, the purple temple. Just remember the purple temple. I can't hear you. I'm going now, Rafi. No, wait. I love you, Nabi. I love Krista. Can you hear me? The building is down, Nabi. I don't know. It might be an earthquake. I can't move. I'm on my own, but remember. Rafi, are you there? It's a very bad connection. No, no, no. Oh, oh, I need that. Oh, God, please. I just nearly... Oh, no! Oh. Now, Nabi. What happens now? Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Tonight's performance is about to begin. Mark. What is it? You know that text? I just got it. No, you didn't. I got that text from him, Mark. Ingmar, it's just starting. No, it isn't, Mark. The conductor's not come. I told you this might happen. I said get seats in the circle. Ingmar, Ingmar, I'm competing for your time with a strange man in Finland. Norway. Norway, so what? Switch it off, volunteer later. It's an earthquake, Mark. It can't be put on hold. Oh, look, he's calling now. Oh, please, God, he can wait. This is Beethoven. It can all I have wait. to take it. Ingmar? This isn't happening. Switch it off. Look, the conductor. Ingmar? Say again? Say again? Please, Claire, two hours. Two hours. 7.7 magnitude, epicenter of the Shimawa Islands of the Indian Ocean. 12.08 p.m. local time. Wait, I'm coming. Go, go, vanish, be gone. See you in the next life. I'm going, I'm going. I told you I'd do this, Mark. I'm going, I'm going. Sorry. Keep talking. I'm listening. 
You okay there, Claire? Yeah, just trying to get out of this place. You can't go back inside, miss. I do know that, Ingmar. You okay there, Claire? Yeah, fine. Just trying to put my life on hold with a thousand people watching. Go on, go on. Miss, please, keep your voice down. Okay. Talk to me, Ingmar. 300 confirmed dead. Two to 3,000 missing. Our help's been requested on the ground and by the UN. Our task is to compile an open source list of all international agencies and search and rescue teams on their way and what they're taking. Next, we have an entry that is nominated for two awards, Radio Atlas. This is the podcast that brings listeners documentaries and sound art made in languages you might not speak. The podcast is the only video show that has been nominated, and you can hear a clip in episode two, but far better is to read along with the subtitles, which you can do at their website, radioatlas.org. The next original podcast is The Discovery Adventures, which was made specifically for family listening while driving. It's an adventure which, they claim, puts you at the heart of the story. You are Sam, and you travel across the UK to solve the mysterious GPS disruptions that are causing nationwide chaos. No pressure, but you have to save the country from a clandestine threat. For the full experience, you should wear headphones. In this clip, your mum sends you on an outdoor adventure with your uncle and his four-legged friend, but Sir Ranulph Fiennes has other plans. Your uniform's in a right state, Colonel. You don't half pong, if you don't mind me saying so. Well, I do, actually, but I suppose I deserve it. Damn silly of me for falling into that thing in the first place. I was too embarrassed to call for backup. Um, You won't tell anyone about this, will you? (laughs) Um, so long as you answer a few questions. Ah, good old-fashioned bribe. Fire away. What were you doing out here? One word. Spoofing. Spoofing? Spoofing. Or trying to stop it, rather. Spoofing is the transmission of fake GPS signals, and we think it's the cause of the disruptions. Whoever's behind it can confuse navigational systems, scramble communications, you can even make the power go out, cause power outages wherever you like. Well, they can inflict chaos, in other words. Well, exactly. Our systems are packed up too, so we're all out combing the area for any sign of the spoofing device. I was uh, concentrating very hard. Well, what does a spoofing device look like? No idea. That's why I fell into the bog. I have no idea what I'm looking for. Just as well this one was on the case, eh? Braver than your chum over there, anyhow. Chum? Well, up there, on that hillock in the grey raincoat. Scared of the uniform, is he? I think he might just be. But keep an eye on him, Sam. I think he's waiting till we're done with the Colonel. Wants to get us on our own. Well, as I was saying, before our systems went down, we worked out that the source of the spoofing was coming from a southwesterly direction. It could be anywhere between here and Penzance. Or even St. Michael's Mount. Well, a bit of a long shot, but sure. I think I... I lost my wallet in that bog. Well, best of luck, Colonel. We'd better be off. Quick, there's no time to lose. I don't suppose you could give me a lift, could you? Not really. Some days I wish I'd never woken up. Keep your eyes open, Sam. That motorcycle will be back. You can count on it. At least the Colonel was a help. The disruptions are coming from St Michael's Mount. We just have to keep on... Well, look out! It's him again! Why is he drawing up so close? Get down! Sam, are you okay? Keep your head down. Right, I'm not having this. Now, friend might think he's a hotshot on the road, but let's see how he deals with the uneven ground of the bogs. 
If you want to get anywhere fast on this sort of terrain, you need four wheels, not two. Time to give it some welly. Well, he's not giving up. This guy really means... Sam, stay down! Oh, we can't take much more of this. I think it's time we introduced him to Fox Tormeyer. It's good enough for the military. It's good enough for him. Ever heard of Richard Cavill? Huntsman in the 1600s, nasty fella. Apparently he sold his soul to the devil. They say his ghost still roams the moors, driving his pack of black phantom hounds before him and sending the wicked into the bogs to their doom. Conan Doyle used it for Hound of the Baskervilles, especially the bit about the bog. Now, we might not be a pack of devil hounds. Well, some of us aren't, but I think we're still capable of leading the wicked astray, especially since this car can cross the bogs without too much trouble. I'm going to bet that motorbike can't. Take a look. <laughs> Got him! He's down. I think we can safely leave the colonel to pick him up. That guy really wanted to stop us, though. What do you think? I reckon it means we're getting close. Whatever's waiting for us at St. Michael's Mount, whatever we find there, it must be the key to stopping this catastrophe. So come on. We've got a country to save. The star-studded cast of the Discovery Adventures, created by Land Rover. And the final nominee in Most Original is Once Upon a Time in Zombieville. It's made primarily for visually impaired children, but also aims to bridge the gap between visually and non-visually impaired people in a family listen. Big Mouth Audio wants Zombieville to be that listen, and soon after it was picked up for licence by BBC Scotland as part of their school's radio platform. Here's a clip from the first episode. We are proud to present Once Upon a Time in Zombieville. Episode 1, The Bullies. Another new school, Jamie. Remember, you'll, you'll make lots of new friends. Dad, I've done this before. I'll be okay. I'm scared too. I'm going down a mine on my first day. A new job for me, a new school for you. And this new job will mean no more late nights. So I can spend more time with you. That's why we moved, remember? No more babysitters. What did you call them? Prison guards? <laughs> well, I'll see you at dinner. I'll smell you at dinner. Sure you don't want me to come in with you? No. Cramp my style. Remember to take your stick. Okay. You never know. It might be useful against bears. <laughs> I'll fold it up and put it in your bag. Looking cool in your hat and shades. Good luck, son. Bye, Dad. Hey, are you the new kid? Hey. Yeah. Why you got that stupid hat and stupid sunglasses? It ain't even sunny. My eyes are sensitive to light. I can't see well and... Oh, yeah! Teacher said you're blind. At least you remember something from class. How about one plus one? Hey! Why don't we start again? I'm Jamie, but my friends call me Max. I'm Mikey, and my dad's a billionaire. Why are you in the school then? Because my dad says I gotta make my own money. Learn the hard way. So I am. Give me your lunch money. 
and I won't punch you. I'm pretty sure that's not a business. Yeah, it is. It's protection. You pay me to protect you from me. <laughs> pretty smart, huh? If I pay double, will you throw yourself into a pond? Just give me your lunch money or I'll punch you in- Okay, okay, I got money in my bag. Let me get my stick. Back off, Mikey. Leave him alone. I wasn't doing nothing. You want his lunch money? How about a fist sandwich? You don't scare me. I'll get you two later. I just got things to do. Sure you do. Throw out the trash. Yourself. Does he ask everyone for lunch money? You need a bodyguard. I'll be your bodyguard. I don't need a bodyguard. Sure you do. I know karate and everything. I appreciate it. Why don't we start with being friends? That was Once Upon a Time in Zombieville by Big Mouth Audio. Let's stick with fiction now as we reveal the best fiction podcasts of 2018. Yes, Once Upon a Time in Zombieville made it to the nominations for this category too, as did the Discovery Adventures. The next nominee, Five Minute Folklore, was launched in 2017 and is described as a storytelling of stories. Presenter Bob Shoy talks about the origin of folklore tales all over the world and how they've influenced culture and media today. Here we have an extract from the story, Headless Horseman. Many believe the earliest depiction of the Headless Horseman to be the Dullahan, thought to originate in Celtic, specifically Irish, folklore, as far back as the 6th century. Before I go further into details about the Dullahan, I have another story to tell about him. In Ireland, a dark figure races through the night on a black horse. Elsewhere, two young men, Liam and Connor, are walking home in the rain after working late. They hear a galloping not too far away. They keep walking, the galloping continues, and then stops. They hear a voice call out one of their names. Liam Donahue. In shock, Connor looks across to his friend Liam, who slumps to the ground, dead. He then hears the galloping noise again, coming in his direction. In panic, he tries to drag his friend away from the side of the road to hide in the bushes. But it is too late. He looks up, confronted by a large black horse. Sat on top is a terrifying image. A man with his own moulding head under one arm, its eyes darting around and its mouth in a hideous grin. The darting eyes fix onto Connor and the silent figure pulls out a whip made of a human spine and cracks it by its side. It raises the whip and cracks it again towards Connor. In an instant, Connor's eyes are plucked from his head. Connor clutches at his necklace, a cross, and prays. The darting black eyes in the decaying head spot this necklace, and the figure flinches. It is not the cross that scares it, but the gold it is made from. 
It turns and flees, leaving a trail of flames in its wake. The body of Liam, who he had come to collect, and the eyeless Connor, punished for merely witnessing the fearsome Dullahan, are left at the side of the road in the rain. Bob Shoy of Five Minute Folklore. Now we have an entry that is not for the faint-hearted. This podcast is called Blood Culture, a 10-part near-future biomedical thriller series. Their target audience is millennials and doesn't pull its punches, like in this quite creepy clip. In the blood bank, Livy, Bryony Afferson and Aisha, Chetna Pandya, are amazed to discover the secret of Meta. Then, in Café Nero, things start to get scary. I just pressed the card up to the door. And it opens. I'm in. Long, empty corridors. Everything is really, really white. Doors line the walls. They are either locked or open onto insignificant offices. Nothing yet. There is a heavy door at the end. It's covered in warning signs. Which are a red frag to a girl like Livy. Ewan's card again. A long room. Meat locker cold with rows of drawers lining the walls. Blood. This is it. Bags of blood. Labelled with barcodes and nesting against each other. There's what? 15 packets. I need to work out a way of carrying them. She's found a case. A solid thing of metal with compartments that she fills with bags of blood. There's another door. On the side. The second room is colder still. Ice and more blood. The bags are on hangers this time, and it's like. It's really frozen solid. Blocks. They've all got an eagle logo on them and and data down the side. She checks the first one. And finds a match. Aisha's. She checks another. Two bags. And another. Three. Oh, wait. More. A whole room of... Aisha's blood. She looks up. A CCTV camera winks down at her. She fills the case and runs. Paul came in at midnight. She wants to meet me in the morning. First thing in Cafe Nero in town. She's excited and proud. She has something to show me. All right, Aisha. When she blasts in through the door, the staff stop and stare. I found it, Aisha. Oh, God, Livy. Her hair is matted. 
Her clothes sodden and clinging to her, the whites of her eyes burn out through the mask of dried mud. She heaves a case onto the table. Refrigerated. Its silver sides are filthy, and from inside there is a deep bass throb. Found your sample. I got it back. She flips the latches. In fact, found loads of them. Inside there is blood. Look. And she lifts a bag and a streak of red runs down her hand. Sorry, it's leaking. What are you doing? Aisha, this is your blood. Yours. And I'm giving it back to you. We're in Cafe Nero, Livy. Oh. Put that away now before they arrest us. The cast of Blood Culture from Resonance FM. Next up, we have an experimental podcast. Imaginary Advice explores new ways of telling stories in sound. It explores the boundaries between fiction, journalism, poetry and monologue. 2017's episodes have included comic ghost stories, a commentary track for a TV show and an attempt to teach a neural net to do stand-up. Here's an extract from the episode Scooby-Doo and the Black Sea of Infinity. Imagine Scooby-Doo in a kind of Cthulhu <laughs> universe where just like every reveal is that like that God is dead and that all actions are ultimately meaningless. <laughs> we found Thelma in the cellar trying to remove her own mask. She told us It was time to find out who she really was. The symbol was here too, written in blood a hundred times over. We need to find out who drew this, I said, pointing to the wall with my blood-stained hand. Ah, right, it was me. Something happened, and I was alone, on the beach, holding Fred's scarf and revolver. Two weeks since we came to Blackhaven, and all life before here had faded to echo. A flash of paisley, jokes in the van that I last saw deep in the forest, half buried. Soon, we were dreaming of the lighthouse and murder, waking to fresh wounds, bell bottoms muddied, even I. Le Gourmand lost my stomach in favour of studying the flames. Zoiks. 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 What is this word? haunts my brain like a goat in a house fire. Did it ever mean anything to me? Zoiks. Another word for oblivion. I thought I was friends with a dog that spoke English. Or was that the nightmare? The endless corridor of madness where every door out is a door back in. I buried Fred's gun in a circle of stones. The moon, eye of a paralyzed god, blinking semaphore over the waves, 
as the ocean filled me with its dark instruction. I rose from my knees, stabbed myself three times, went to the library, set it on fire. I could hear Daphne's shotgun over the terraces. Fred stood naked on the church roof above me, and I thought to myself, we are so close to solving this mystery. You just heard author Tim Clare and host Ross Sutherland on Imaginary Advice. Now we move on to our last category in this episode, Best Family Podcast. This is a new category for parents or kids that are both fun and educational and raise the next generation of passionate podcast listeners, most importantly. So first of all, if you can believe it, Sam's exploits in the Discovery Adventures manages to tick those boxes too and helps to deal with those long car journeys that almost always end up in family disputes. Three nominations, good going. Following fast is Zombieville. It looks like there is no stopping this podcast for visually impaired kids and their families. And the first new nominee is something quite different. Dirty Mother Pucker is less for the kids and more for parents that want to listen to stories about dealing with kids, advice and a bit of a laugh. Here's a sample from an episode. If you're squeamish or somewhere public, you might want to use headphones. I had to get the bus a couple of, well, it was a year or so ago, um, and it was a bus journey that should have taken 25 minutes, and it took two hours, 47 minutes, and I remember it specifically because it was quite traumatic. It's very specific. And I'd got the norovirus at point A in Covent Garden, and it was started brewing, and I had a toddler with the um, scooter that she didn't want to ride on, the bag with all the things you don't need, and a sort of a vague weekly shop in hand, so I was burdened emotionally and physically may was being feral you know to the point which is like i love papa i don't love mama so i just felt the saliva building in my mouth and i knew i knew it was going to be the double oh my god and i had to get off i had to press i had to be that person that pressed the or the yellow button that i'm always telling may not to press the emergency button and the bus came shuddering to a halt and i went into i think it was some alleyway in camden you know that is where it's reserve. It's the reserve of people who've had a bit of for fun night. That was my arena of choice, and I just went. I went the double. Like oh I was gosh. throwing up and shitting. Wow. And May was just stood there. there going, God, that's my mum. <laughs> and problem is, people look at you, and this is the bit that I find absolutely astounding people nobody stopped to help nobody was like are you all nobody right nobody stopped have, to help just, <laughs> uh, I've got some uh, wipes in my bag would I uh, toss one over to you <laughs> what are they going to do yeah but I was on my own with this child but they were looking uh, at and me and you were covered in shit <laughs> yeah. no one wants to be your friend nobody wants not to be not even that. your mum would want to no, help I was <laughs> weeping and I just thought no one's looking kindly at me let's say they were looking nope. at me like I'd literally done <laughs> Ten lines of coke. They probably like, thought you were drunk. Yeah. And this poor innocent child is going, I love Papa, I don't love Mama. And this is the reason why. And this is the reason why. And I was just like, if you can manage the double whilst parenting or even not parenting, mm. I think that, yeah, you've earned your maternal stripes. You've you can do anything. Really want to know what you did next. Yeah. 
So I wipe myself off, and there's amazing what you can do with two wet wipes. That's right. all we had left, always, Jeez. isn't it? Yeah. And I, my battery had gone, so I couldn't ring Matt. And I didn't trust myself in an Uber because uh, I thought they're going to charge me for doing something in there. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got shit all over me. I got back on the um, bus <laughs> and I had a Sainsbury's bag from the weekly shop. Um, and I put all my other things in the rucksack and I just lay, lay this Sainsbury's bag on the bus seat because I'd soiled myself. <laughs> didn't want to leave a stain everybody go are you all right i've just soiled soiled myself everything's okay i've stopped now (laughs) and then you're so close and you're thinking i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna cry i won't cry because i don't want to show her that i haven't got this mama's got this and then she's like mama you smell of poo (laughs) and And the floodgates open fucking hell and then the floodgates just open i was like I do. I do smell poo. <laughs> I'm broken mentally. I'm broken physically. I haven't got a shred of dignity left and it's taken me nearly three hours to do a 27-minute journey. But we're home. Honey, we're home. <laughs> that was Dirty Mother Pucker, a nominee for Best Family Podcast. The next entry looks at family life in a way that most of us don't think about or ever see. The adoption is about one family being ripped apart and another being created. It's about two children, two-year-old Ben and three-year-old Bethany, and the series follows the story of finding them new parents. Here, the foster carer describes the first day that Bethany and Ben came into her care. Bethany did cry for a mummy for about an hour and I sat on my knee and I cuddled her and I reassured her and I said at the moment, I said, you're not able to go home and I'm going to look after you but I said, we will be seeing mummy tomorrow and she did accept that. Ben, he hadn't shown any signs of stress from being parted and like I said, Bethany did for about an hour which is worrying really because you'd think that they'd be really crying out and wanting mummy, but no. Isn't that strange? It is to you and me, but you don't know what sort of emotional attention they got at home. We don't know what went on at home. So probably getting all the attention here was something they were thriving on. And they hadn't met you up until that point? No, no, that afternoon was the first time they'd seen me. And they were a little bit obviously wary, but then I went and ran them a bath and I filled it with bubbles and they thought that was amazing. To go into a bath full of bubbles, they loved that. So that sort of broke the ice. What had they been told? I don't think they'd been told a lot really. I think it's like an understanding that at the moment mummy can't look after them through the hallway this is the family lounge for now lucy's house is their home first on your left is the bathroom and then in here this is bethany's bedroom that was the adoption an original podcast for the bbc finally we have fun kids science weekly which combines science with entertainment It explains a topic such as the age of the dinosaurs through the lives of fictional characters and regularly features Dangerous Dan, who specialises in areas of science that can be deadly. Here's Dan himself. It is the Fun Kids Science Weekly. Now you know, right, that if there's any question about science at all that you want answered, you can let me know, right? It's easy. I promise, any question at all. 
Nothing's too silly. Doesn't matter if it's about the sea, about the sand, about the solar system, or about snot. Doesn't matter. Just send it over to my page over at funkidslive.com because then every week we get our own science expert, Tom, to tell you the answer. Right, Tom, this is from Gracie, who is 11, on the Fun Kids Science Weekly. She asks, what is a brain made of? Well, the brain, the particles in the brain, the molecules, are actually very similar to the ones in the rest of your body. And the ones that are in the rest of your body are mostly carbon and water, along with a few other things. Now, these carbon atoms actually originated from the centre of the sun or other stars. When the star died, it expelled these particles and they ended up as the Earth. So we are actually made of star stuff. And so it's, it's gone fr- from the stars. The stars die. Yep. The stars shoot the carbon. Yep. That's a very epic death. <laughs> that then made the, the, the Earth. Yes. The carbon and, and all the star stuff was in there, which then made the cells, yep. which then have made us. Essentially, yes. <laughs> so if you take your, your family tree back, way back... Yes. Could be stars halfway across the universe. Could be. Different galaxies. Is, are, there, are there still stars dying and still planets being made? Yes, there are. It's constantly happening and will do for billions and billions of years. And what are the, what are the chances that maybe some of the star stuff ends up on another planet which then starts to grow into those tiny little cells that we first came from maybe not evolving all the way to humanity but tiny little cells well we are looking for those cells and we haven't found them yet but we've only been looking in our own solar system so far intelligent life which we haven't found at all we can look for further away because it can communicate with us but again we haven't found that either Gracie has asked a question there that has blown my mind (laughs) thanks Tom Thanks, Dangerous Dan. And that's the end of our rundown of the best original, family and fiction podcasts. If your favourite British podcast isn't on the list, they can still win something if you nominate them for the Listener Choice Award. All you have to do is vote at britishpodcastawards.com by Thursday 17th of May. The rules are also on the site. That's britishpodcastawards.com. And don't forget to check out the brilliant Guardian podcasts at theguardian.com forward slash audio. I'm Rihanna Dillon. The producers are Chika Ayres and Matt Hill for Rethink Audio and the British Podcast Awards. Until tomorrow, goodbye. The Guardian. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold it And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.